Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Crown Rules with our host, Quentin Ford, and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Rules. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hey, good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope. And as well, it is a Thursday evening, um, and we discover and go over this beautiful masterpiece that Julia Dozier, <laughs> author, has put together, Crown Rules 2. How Black Men Love. This is episode 15, part one. Mm-hmm. And we are we are at the inevitable 13th question, um, the last question in the book. And we're splitting up the question um, with the first five chapters of the book will be for the first part of the show. And next week's show will be the accumulation of our Crown Rules, How Black Men Love series. And um, we look forward to uh, starting a new chapter into what I would like to say, the Crown Rules Project. Um, good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone that, uh, if you're in Texas, hopefully you're safe and sound. Mm-hmm. If you're anywhere else, hopefully um, you're safe and sound as well. And the snow has not discouraged anyone. And um, we have an interesting show tonight which I would love to say that last week's show with the energy was great. Everyone in the chat, we had a we had a very, 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 very good time last week. Um, mm-hmm. Good show. Uh, hopefully your, your love weekend was great. And um, yes. we want to continue to discover, talk, analyze, chat, share experiences about love and um, the good complexities about relationship because everything that's quote unquote complicated is not bad. So let's just focus right. on the good and not focus on the bad. Uh, good evening, Miss Dozier. <laughs> good evening, Mr. Ford. How are you today? I'm 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 feeling great. Um I had a very, very interesting day like yesterday. Um I was off work today, so I was able to get some rest, catch up on a couple things. Okay. And um as they say, do the damn thing. Um, <laughs> good. Good, good evening, like I said, everyone in the chat. King, Nicole, Miss Carla. Hi. Lacey. Good evening, Coleman. You know, Lacey, know. Lacey, um, Lacey watches every every week on his way to work. I think that's so amazing. <laughs> Great. We, we, we appreciate the support, Lacey. Uh, definitely. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. What this is today's question. Today's question, and in reference to the question that's in the book, question 13 is what is it about a man? What is it about how a man loves that you want women to know? It's a question posed to the men and gentlemen in the book, as well as the chat. Um, any men that's in the chat, uh, any any women who have men around them, like their brothers, their fathers their uncles, their sons, or even, in fact, their husband, get them to tune in, too. I mean, if, like I said, if your husband is around you or your, or any men in your family, ask them, like, you know, what is it about the way the child love uh, that y'all want women to know? So it's always uh, great for everybody in the chat to help us 
with the show because it, it allows the show to go on and um, us to have a great, great show. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Jules, this this question was interesting. Um, when I was doing some 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 research, all the men kind of said that men love differently. Yes, they they did say that. They that, all that they was, all said that. That was that was the, the the general tone. Like men love differently, and I was trying to understand where they were coming from mm -hmm. because I'm trying to understand, like you know, what do they mean? I actually think that all men love the same. As women or all men love the same as all men? The same as all men. Okay. Um, which is? Which, which, which could be uh, territorial. Um, uh, which Matt said. With over, overprotective, uh, loving, but it's not more of the outwardly. Some some men are outwardly affectionate, and it's interesting. Like I said, I don't want to take off of uh, Julia's book. It's interesting because there's been a lot of uh, quote unquote controversy or discussion in the way that Russell Wilson said something about his wife Sierra, about how he loves her and his display of affection. Um, mm -hmm. Some people, some people think that's the wrong way to go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people feel like when you display outwardly affection or speak officially about your wife, um, you know, they call them an AKA a simp. Um, it's interesting the perspective that people have um, when you display that stuff. I think that um, one of the one of the gentlemen said. We have a we we have a strong ego. Yeah, men have men have an ego, but but Julia, I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, in discussing this with the gentleman, yes, yes, the ego is there, but is the ego fragile? The ego, the ego is. I don't think that it's fragile in a sense, but I think that it drives a man's satisfaction in relationship to the woman that he chooses. Um, for, for, for this question, as you said, for part one tonight, we're covering, we're covering um, the first five gentlemen in the book that age from range, uh, age and ranges, range and ages, um, 35 to 50. And what they talk about is like pride and mutual respect and ha and being able to be proud of the woman that they're with, either based on her physical appearance, what she contributes to the relationship, etc. So I don't think the ego is fragile. I think that the ego is critically important in driving his satisfaction. Like if he if the things that are important to him as far as his status is concerned or about how his woman woman may respect him or acknowledge him or recognize him. I think if those things are intact, then he's good. There's any compromise to that? That ego so, is gonna create some problems. What what it was some notes uh, and I'm gonna skip around. Um I want to read in response to what you said, maybe a little bit later on, about how Russell loves Sierra because um, one of our gentlemen in the book spoke specifically to that, Kevin, and mm -hmm. I highlighted that to read. Yeah, I I I, I skipped around as well, <laughs> but it, but it, but um, I thought this was an inter interesting thing by Lee. Yes. And, and 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 it's I, I I appreciate what he said, and I think that um one of the things that he said is that I that I picked up on was you got to know yourself. I mean, re relationships and love and un it all that is um you know it's a two way street, and it's a hundred a hundred is not fifty fifty, but still you have to know yourself. And he says something interesting. He said, that's a, diff a difficult question because men love in different ways. Some men are not attractive, so they love a different way. They go far and beyond with, beyond with the person and, they, and that they because they know their limitations. 
you get these men who are, who are attractive and they may not love as hard as someone who is not attractive. I thought that was interesting because I, I have a friend and he says that nice looking people always choose nice looking people. Not always. And, and, this, and this is this was his theory, a friend of mine. His theory, his theory was that you know, if if you want to attract or get someone that's that's beautiful, you have to be a beautiful person. I, me myself, I never looked at how a person looks, and I know it could be could be naive. I'm speaking on me. I never looked at relationships. I mean, somebody could be not attracted to you or to you to your eyes. But another person could find that person attractive. I think attraction and beauty, as they say, is in the eye of the beholder. It is in the eye of the beholder. And to to what you were speaking about earlier, when it comes to the ego, um, <laughs> when it comes to this, you said I fall ugly and ugly one. When it comes to the ego, right? The ego is really is really concerned about status. And it's really concerned about what other people perceive about an individual. So an individual might be in love with or might find someone who is not, who does not meet social standards of beauty. They might find them attractive, but they may not want to be with them based on the status that being with them might bring. So they might choose someone who's more socially acceptable in terms of what the standards should be. Yeah. So what? people who choose in that way are choosing from, from the point of the ego and not necessarily from the point of the, the heart or the soul. One of the, also one of the things that he uh hey what's up Lou? One of the things that he said was which, which was interesting was he said I think I think that that any woman should not get lost in people. Mm-hmm. Don't get lost in the man that that they 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 need, mm-hmm. or they think they need. Get a full understanding of that person and look for the look for the cracks because you don't know if it is in pretense or the alter ego person just desiring to be with you. Be what you want. Be what mm-hmm. you want in life. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting that that he he not only answered the question but he gave some advice on. What he believes that a lot of um, women may may choose as their mate. A lot of a lot of people may choose like a surface mate, somebody who may buy gifts, like we discussed before, someone who may buy gifts who shows a lot of love and affection. Hmm. Um, and then you may have the individual like a man, and this is why I say that it's kind of different. It's it's kind of men love the same but do different things of how they show it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of men are just not going to be um, maybe like a lot of outwardly doing, outwardly talking, and just doing stuff behind the scenes, trying to be a better, a, a great provider, trying to uh, just do what as men do. I, I it's funny because even when we speaking of this, most people can't can't explain. Like what they do, they just do it. It becomes like natural. Like even even when you speak about the quality and the love of a woman, some of the things that a woman does are just like natural. It's naturally for a woman to nurture. No, it's not. <laughs> but, well, to, for some men, it is natural. Like that. It's intense, like a, everything is intentional, and that's you know, I think that's the thing that we miss sometimes. Like we had someone on the show the other. Um, we had Brian on who was talking about how. To maintain a a, uh, a successful relationship or marriage, and one of the things that he talked about is that it's a choice, right? And when you make that choice, you also make intention about how you are going to exhibit that you've made that choice. So you will be nurturing, or you will make sure that home is taken care of, or you will make sure that you have some te- sexy time scheduled in there. It's very intentional. It's very intentional. I think women could argue that men take that for granted. And a lot of men said that. DT in particular said that women love harder than men, that women are more loyal, that they're more dedicated, 
that a man could have a floor and she'll overlook it, but a man can see a woman with a floor and he'll just hop a floor and he'll just hop on that. And like that, that could be a breaker for him. So there are differences, but it is intentional. We don't just naturally do those things. Like we do put thought into that. Shout, shout out to Brian because I actually uh, was discussing his interview with some a friend of mine, a coworker, uh, a friend that's a, that happens to be a coworker. Um, mm-hmm. Two days ago, we were talking about relationships and you know it being a choice, and 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 not taking for granted when that person walks out the door that that person has a choice to come back home. They don't have to do it. Um, they don't have to do it. So shout out to Brian for giving us that advice. But I did think DT DT says something interesting when he said that love was brutal. Men love brutally. Woo! He said men love brutally. Men are brutal. And and what he was saying, you know, if you don't have the book already, I really recommend that you get it because there's some good conversation, especially in question 13. But like, remember, DT is our person in the book who who received his learning or instruction about how to interact with women from the older guys in the street. And the learning that he got from from that is that like women mostly are objects, sexual objects. And what he was saying is that when you when you don't have someone teach you that women are valuable and should be respected and should be cared for and cherished at a young age, when you grow older, you don't know how to love. You don't know how to love. And so from his perspective, he also talked about how He could count. He said he knew that he knew over 200 men, but he could count on one hand how many were loyal. Mm. You know, so from his perspective, he was saying that the love is brutal because he said those same men could go out and cheat and the women will know that they're cheating, but the women will still stay with them. And it's like, would a man do the same? Yeah, he said that men are poisoned. Are poisoned. Poisoned by society. Poisoned by society. Interesting perspective. He said men are poisoned not to respect women and not to love them the way that we should. So that's that's like I said, that's an interesting perspective to have. It was to say that um and then I noticed that uh, Matt Matt was saying how pride, men's pride is the number one killer for them. Like mm-hmm. um dealing with the pride, dealing with the ego, um dealing with maybe a failure to express themselves. Uh, one one of the things that I noticed, and it's and and I always want I want to share it with the uh, the chat, mm-hmm. is that is that nowadays you always hear in when people talk about the complexities of relationships, mm-hmm. you'll always hear a female when it's a guy that may be complicated, or she doesn't have an understanding of how he is, she'll say, oh, he got mommy issues. Or vice versa, when a male doesn't understand the female, she'll he'll say she got daddy issues. And I say that because really, when you're trying to get to know somebody, instead of attacking that person and um, you know pointing the finger at them, maybe it's your lack of understanding of who they are. Instead of you trying to put them in a box, it's your lack of understanding of who they are. To try to get so that you need to get to try to know them instead of just saying, "Oh, he got mommy issues. He got daddy issues." Because everybody don't have mommy issues. Everybody don't have daddy issues. That's just who they are. That's just who their makeup is. Instead, you know, as they say, instead of trying to understand, be understood, try to understand. Yeah, but I think you know one of the things that Matt, Matt, DT, Eric and Kevin raised, all of them raised, is that all of the, the thing that all of them raised is that your upbringing and your exposure to two loving relationships or two relationships between a man and a woman or your experience of that love, whether it's positive or negative, 
is what you play out when you're in relationship with someone. So if it if it happens to be that you grew up in an environment, I think Kevin said it. I just wanna I just wanna read it. Where's he at? Hold on. Kevin went in. Kevin didn't really answer. I think on some of the questions that we had before, Kevin really kind of held back. But on this question, he went all the way in. He said, hold on one second. I'm sorry. It's on page 72. Um, I asked him response to this question I said you said that there are different types of ways that men show love and you gave the example of a man taking care of the household you said that some women can see that but some women can't I said do you have any idea or do you have any reasoning as to why that different exists like why some some women can see that men are showing love for example by taking care of home and that other women can't what causes that and he said, well, I'm pretty sure it's how the person was brought up and their experiences. If they were brought up in a household where there was a mother and a father over the course of time, I think the guy can express it to the woman uh, who wants him. But if they were brought up in a household where there was only a mother, they are only experiencing the relationship from a mother's perspective not from a father's perspective as well. He said they can develop that perspective as they get older, but it might take them a little bit longer to do that. He said, if they've experienced a positive relationship with their parents growing up, then they're going to see positiveness in the person that they're with. So basically what he's saying is that when you're in a relationship with somebody, you're seeing that person through the lens of the relationships that you grew up with. So you might have a mommy issue or you might have a daddy issue, but like we always say, the good thing is you can heal. <laughs> and you can change the behaviors. You know, it's possible. People I like what I, Kevin Kevin definitely went into um his bag of opening up at this last question. He did. Um, he said, but my point is is love that guys have. It's there, and I hope that women can just see it. I think some women can, but some women can't. Mm -hmm. I think because the fact that we men and women think differently, mm -hmm. it may not it may not connect. You know, it can only it can only really connect after you lose the person that you've that you're with, and you have mm -hmm. time to reflect over the situation. Mm -hmm. Profound profound statement. Um, and you see that in a lot of cases where a person realizes that the person that they were with loved them unconditionally and was supportive of them and loved them wholeheartedly. And then after the fact, maybe a relationship or two or uh, some time goes on that they like, wow, I really loved you. And that person really loved me and I feel bad. And I think that, that that's kind of funny because it, it, you know, you, you hear a lot of people that be like, you know, I'm not going backwards as far as the relationship. And then they'll they'll have that quote unquote epiphany moment and be like, they real that person really did care about me. If I could only do it one more time. Quentin, I don't know if it's the Mercury retrograde or what, but I have been receiving texts from guys even I dated 20 years ago talking about I should have married you. Sorry I did you wrong. <laughs> all this other stuff and it's like you were talking in an interview with Dira last night with respect to appreciating what we have at the time that we have it sometimes people can't see what they have in front of them and it's only after now when it's over it's a done deal and it's oh that's not always the case though um People don't always see what they have in front of them. And it's after they have different experiences and they compare it. They're like, 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 dag, I wish I wish I was in that situation instead of this situation. But, you know, you just have to be able to appreciate what you have when you have it. I think that I think that one of one of the things with growth is that the, sometimes and I can speak for me is that you know you made a mistake in your past mm 
Mm-hmm. And you and you know in that in that that part of uh, making a mistake that you're um, trying to make amends. And okay, you forgave yourself, and you forgave you you asked for forgiveness. But I think that sometimes people have to go into their past and to that individual and be like, "Yo, I really got to tell that person I feel bad." You know, do you forgive me? I think that means a lot to a person when they ask for forgiveness from a person that they that that person says i forgive you i don't but i don't think that that's always fair one of the things that i've been looking at now since i've been getting these text messages <laughs> is the fact that okay you've had a moment of reflection i'm feeling like maybe your valentine's day wasn't all that you wanted to be and you went through your mental roller decks and you kind of was like I know if I was with such and such, it would have been a beautiful day, right? You're thinking about that from the past. So it's like, let me reach out to them and let them know that I did, I didn't know the value of the relationship or I didn't know who you were at that time. So let me come back and apologize to you. I think it's unfair to do that without having conversation. People try to just rush right into that. You don't know what that other person's experience was of that relationship. You don't know how it not working out may have affected them. You don't know what aspects of the relationships were most dramatic or traumatic to them. So when you come back talking about, oh, I'm sorry, you don't know what they had to do to recover. So to just, you know, instant, like, I'm sorry, I realize it now. Mm-mm. So Have that, a conversation so, about so that. that. So now you coming back, you coming back asking for forgiveness and the healing process ain't even over yet. <laughs> if you don't <laughs> put on your socks and shoes and go that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing because you hear a lot of that. You see a lot of it. Like, um, and people share that, like, you know, I told I told this ex came back in the picture and you always hear people talk about relationships I'm saying this ex this ex came back this ex said this this ex said that and you know for a lot of people they could be like that situation's over it's over and done with bygones be bygones I'm not going to talk about it whatever some people are good at that some and then you have then, then you have the others who have um as I always say, the bitter and the bad breakup. And it's like, I don't even want to talk to you. Why are you coming back a year, two years, three years, five years later? You know, it is what it is. You, quote unquote, did me bad. So just let you be gone and move on. It's like it's like um, Shakita was saying, and I can't wait until she has her show where she talks about it. You know, because it's not really covered in this book, is that you got to know how to break up with somebody. People, people don't know how to break up with some with a person. Like there, there should be a level of conversation about why it's not working, decisions that need to be made, so that people feel like they were part of the decision, even if they don't agree, but that they were part of the decision. When a relationship ends and a person feels like they haven't had an opportunity to contribute to that decision, that can be very hurtful. Um, and or that the actions that the person taking or that the 20 or 30 years later, exactly, that the actions of the person was so hurtful or so disrespectful that, and you couldn't imagine that because of all that you invested in them. And did they did they get a dear John or a dear Jane letter, <laughs> or as or as the newer generations do, they get ghosted. You <laughs> find that you find out on social media that you're no longer in a relationship with that some that person. And that's you know th- one of the things as I I'm reading we're coming to an end now so I'm reflecting Quentin we've been doing these shows since October thank you so much well it's no thank you amazing, thank you amazing journey and I hope but, and I hope that anybody that buys the book actually watches the shows because I think you knowing the gentleman that you interviewed's background and where they're at in life and what age they are I think it plays a big part in their point of view. And one of the things that was the blessing was when Coleman came on, 
as well as the couple and Brian, is that I would like to say that nobody has the blueprint, but everybody has an answer. Everybody has an answer. Um, I think that communication is 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 very very important, and a lot of us, like we discussed, don't know how to communicate. Don't know, or don't choose to communicate. Yeah, so so I hope that those that buy the book actually goes back and starts from episode one, where we introduced Julia Dozier to the to the pro to the show, and you know, you knowing the complexities of these gentlemen, and like I said, knowing the background. It plays a big part on their answer. You think so? D definitely, hmm. definitely. Because they like like um, DT. I mean, mm -hmm. he he only saw womanizing relationships. Mm -hmm. So he, his his idea of a healthy relationship may have been that. Mm -hmm. so. And that's what his that's what his relationship experience was for a good part of you know his his early adult life. I think, you know, and that's part of the purpose for the book, you know, in the beginning and in the introduction, what I talk about is that we have to arrive at a place where we stop hurting each other. And one of the things that hurting each other through the choices that we make in relationships, how we end relationships, how we join into relationships with people by being clear on what it is that, that we want and what we need and understanding that the choices that we make affect another person's life. So as the men are talking about or answering each of these questions, it should help you to think about what's important to you. And this is, this is a question specifically to you, Julia. Yes. And this, and this goes back to something in the book that I read um, when I first got the book. Yes. I, re I read it during a couple shows, but because we had to go over this question, this question, this statement from you pops up in the answer when we're dealing with Kevin. Yes. And I knew you it were says because <laughs> I, I highlighted this in the book, and when it popped back up, I was interested. It said I started this out as wanting to interview men in general, but then I was like, mm, I care about my race right now. We're living in a space and time where black men are being just brutalized, just brutalized. And then when they are not being brutalized by police or not being brutalized by each other, they're being brutalized by the women who are supposed to love them. And society has twisted things to extent to the extent that they that that there are women out there who are saying that they don't need a man. So I know this is not the last part of our Crown Rule series and not the last show dealing with your book. What has the author learned about what has the, uh, what has the author learned about yes. this this book about how having this thought in your mind to take on this task to write a book about how black men love. The author came up with thirteen questions, ten gentlemen. It was more than 10 gentlemen at first, but 10 gentlemen um, got her first edition to this book, then did the second edition to this book, started a show on Let's Talk, to now. How did, how did your way of thinking how Black men love change? Or did it change? It did change. It did change. Um, one of the things that I shared with Kevin in response to his asking me, you know, that question, that answer was, you know, to his question. He wanted to know why did I want to do this book? And I told him that I wanted to do the book because I realized as um, a young woman growing up in a single parent household, mother head of household, that I really never learned how to love a man. And at the time that I was writing this, I was like coming out of, of, a, of a divorce and trying to date and trying to connect and not being able to be connect because the conversations that I was having with these gentlemen appeared to be very surface level and very, um, very super, superficial. And I'm a type of person, I like to connect at the soul level. Um, and I just wanted to understand, and I think I really wanted to understand, like, not only how best to love a black man, right? Because that's who I love, but also what's important 
to you all? What's important to you all? And as I was, you know, doing the interviews and um, and even doing the show and, and, and everything that we've experienced from our guests in the chat and the special guests that we had on is that Black men love very deeply and profoundly and it's an extravagant love and it's special and unique. And a lot of it has to do, when you talk about pride and that ego, a lot of it has to do with how well they can take care of their family and, and the people that they love and, and how they make choices about who they will be in relationship with. You know, a lot of women, we were going to show the B. Simone video, but forget that. <laughs> a lot of women, you know, have this idea as she was talking about that you have to become the person that you're looking for. Like if you want the man with money, you got to get the money. If you want a man who's fit, you got to be fit. If you want to do all of these, if you want to catch this man that you have all these items on a list, then you have to become that person. And that's true in a way. You have to become the person, not because you that's going to make you equally yoke, but because you will know what it means to work on becoming who you want to become. Because when you're in a relationship, you can't just stop at where you are. You have to continue to grow. And you always become different. But um, I know I'm talking a lot, but that's the thing that I learned that it really has to do about black how black men love really has to do with how they see themselves. And they want to see themselves in a positive light. But a lot of times they have difficulty. They have difficulty making those choices, making good choices because of societal pressures, because of economic issues, because of upbringing and the examples of love that they had. Um, maybe not being able to be monogamous sometimes. And then, you know, one of the things DT talked about was, you know, having this selfish perspective on love where he wants his woman to cater to him and he may not do as much for her. And it's just like this expectation that like we were talking about in the beginning that the thing a man receives from a woman is just natural for her to give. And just like not understanding that she puts intention into that and, and it can be taken for granted sometimes. So, so that's all of the things I learned and I'm still learning. I think one of the, one of the things that you said, and, and I, I can speak from experience. And when you, when you look at, if a man looks at not only himself, but looks at his peers and looks at um, other men, I think you made a made a, 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 a clear connection and you can make a straight beeline with the provider aspect. Mm -hmm. And I think that what happens in a lot of cases with immaturity and not knowing how to express their love is that when you affect a man being able to provide, that speaks to his ego and how fragile it could be. Well, how strong is it be? If he's a great majority of people, when they look at men and they say, "Oh, he's you know he's a great provider," and but they but some many people may be like, "I need more." I mean, that's that's I personally believe that's how he's showing his love by being a great provider. I think that's what he believes the best way to show love is to be able to take care of himself and his family. One of, the, one of the things that a lot of younger men, and I mean younger by mature, immature, speaking from experience, is when things don't go right, um, not being able to express themselves, you may have them shut down and not be able to do or take care of their responsibilities the way that they may even want to, because now, as we say, everything is out of whack. Everything is off off kilter. Uh, you know, you, you even got some men be like, well, if I don't get it this way, I'm not gonna take care of my responsibility. And it's sad that a lot of a lot of people have to get to that point where they still um have to understand that you should still take care of your responsibility. But I think that the providing aspect, 
that you brought up, I think that's major. I think that's key. And that is, if, if you look at your book and you really, really, really scan your book, if, um, like we discussed, if a man has that peace of mind, as long as, as he say, as long as he, the family is tucked in good at night, he's good. He's good. And if, and if he's not good, it's going to bother his conscience. But Quentin, can I, I just want to say two things on that. So like in terms of being a provider, I think the gentleman in the book, what they talk about, which would be helpful for younger men, is that they understand that Number one, they want their partner to be happy. So they and, and in order for their partner to be happy, their woman to be happy, her needs have to be met as well. And her needs are not always about shelter and bills being paid. She has emotional needs that that need to be catered to. She has she might be a person who has a high drive to you know succeed. She'll need that support. These men understood that and they said that that they want their partner to be happy. So it's not just, Kevin said that he learned that after he lost his wife, because he did everything that he was supposed to do in terms of being a provider, but he didn't take care of her emotionally. So I think what they, what they share and what they reveal is that, yes, you can feel pride and satisfy your ego by being a provider, but remember who you're doing it for. Remember what well, you're doing it for. Well, do you, you, I know that you uh, said forget forget the uh, video. We can, yeah. still play the, we can still play the video and maybe get a, a glimpse of what she was saying. But I just want to, okay, we can. But I just want to say one other thing when it comes to a provider. Because one of the things that um, Eric talks about in the book is the reason why there's so many baby mamas. And from his perspective, the reason why there's so many baby mamas is because the baby mamas, when they're choosing you know, their partners or their mates, they're choosing them on the on the physical aspect and not necessarily thinking about the future. Well, if we focus on the idea of a man being a provider, most of the men who are baby baby daddies have not had the experience of being provided. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They've not seen an example of that. They don't know. They may not know how to get it. They may not know what it entails. And so it's not necessarily always that they don't want to take care of the child or that they don't know how they don't want to be involved with the woman. Sometimes they don't. But I think a lot of that has to do with knowing how to be a provider and how to navigate that in a complex situation where you're not with the person anymore. That's a lot for somebody who doesn't have I think, that. I, I, I think I think that's that when you you hear that theory that you said in the book where a lot of women be like, I don't need no man. That's what they're speaking to is the providing that they the they feel as though they're financially I could take care of myself. You know, I just maybe and I'm speaking maybe because I'm not a woman that maybe that maybe all they want to do is is have a man appreciate them. Because it has nothing to do with providing, because you know, women women out um out earn men, black women out earn black their counterparts. So I, I think that and for a man's perspective, I don't even think that a lot of men care about if their 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 mate makes more than them. I think it's just a matter of the ego, like look, I gotta pay all I gotta pay all the bills or have to I really believe and I know it sounds like old school. I really believe that most men want to pay all the bills. I don't think that men want to come in and be like Dutch, which is crazy, or be like, we're going to pay 50, we're going to do 50-50. I believe that a man will say if he needs help and assistance with something, he'll ask. But if he don't, he want to handle everything. He, he wants to be, as we say, the king of the castle. But, Quentin, I don't know, I don't know what has happened. I think sometimes... I think sometimes women experience such hurtful experiences in relationships that they feel like, you know, they just don't want to take that gamble or that risk again. But I would tell you personally, like I was earning I was earning top dollar at the time that I was married. Of course, I'm divorced now, but I was earning top dollar. And my husband was a provider, like the bills were paid and nothing made me happier than to know that he was taking care of us. And 
like whatever I had was extra for us to go on vacation or, you know, or plan on what we wanted to do for the future. But he took care of us. I don't I don't understand how women would want to be in a relationship with a man who is not providing because that's where he gets his source of satisfaction from. That but see, that's where you you um understand you 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 understand him. Mm. Maybe a lot of times we don't like and, and even people in the chat said the communication is the most important thing. Most important. Und understanding what makes him click. Like uh I just I gave that piece of advice last week about that peace of mind thing and and it's serious. I mean, if he give him that quiet moment, it could be fishing, it could be just sitting on the back porch, listening to nature, whatever it could be. It it, it has nothing to do with you, what you're doing or not doing. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just his um way of having some me time. Yeah. So I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the video. I thought it was interesting because I, oh. you know, we had to both. Miss um, <laughs> B Simone caused a lot of hysteria and is going viral. She's she's a personality, and um, and I think that one of the things that I did find out is that the reason why the video is going viral because it's like she made a complete shift on a lot of her content when she talked about relationships and men. Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Make that list of that perfect dream man that you got in your mind. Then. Hold on, you guys, hold on. But I'm going to start a little love challenge because y'all already know we manifest in love all 2021. <laughs> so, women. The animals out here, bitch. want to say that uh courtesy of b simone copyright disclaimer under section 107 of the copyright act 1976 allowance is made for fair use for the purposes such as criticism comment news reporting teaching scholarship education and research fair use fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing and um like nicole said that she's very on point um i don't know like i don't know much about b simone I guess, like I said, she took a may maybe a shift in a lot of the things that she she's saying. Um, yeah, by here they're not listening, huh? 
B Simone, B Simone ain't lying. That's what's up. You know, and that's and that's interesting that she said that. And and the reason why relationships, or even as we would say, um, a lot of us have been divorced, um, because we're so concerned in painting the picture of the perfect mate instead of working out and making ourselves as best as we could be. It's always, oh, I got to get the perfect person. I want the perfect this. They got to have this. They got to have this type of body. Well, do you? And I remember Dwayne spoke about that in the chat one time about be the person that you want to be. In the phrase that she said, be the person that you desire. And, it, and it's but, kind of, go ahead, Jules. But here's the, so the reason why I wanted to show the video is that, I, I, first of all, I love her energy. I love everything that she said. I think she's 100% right. But because it, it was a clip, you know, for, for IG or Instagram, it was limited in time and scope. And I think the important part that's missing from, from that is that the reason why the why most people create lists, what's, whatever is on the list that the person created is actually the things that they want to be themselves. And a lot of times because they either may not know how to get to those places or they lack the discipline or they lack the consistency or whatever. They put all of these things on the list because if someone else can do it or someone else can have it, then it's already done. And so I think the point, you know, that people will miss is that whatever, whatever you have on your list is actually the things that you are aiming to achieve to be. It's not about the other person. It's about who you're achieving to be. But you're looking outside of yourself to 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 validate that, confirm that, to get it. So I think she made a valid point. But when she said, "Be the person that you want to attract," who you're attracting is your true self. It has nothing to do with another person because by the time you have exercised, you have saved your money, you have had your, your you know your job that you want to start your career, you have gone to the dentist, you have been consistent. You're gonna be a different person, and you're gonna want somebody totally different. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought what she said was interesting. I, I I definitely agree with her, but I think that one of the things that that I, that I appreciated with her being a personality is a lot of times. It's perceived that personalities just be talking, yeah. and it, so when she went to her journal and pulled it out, like, look, I'm wrote. She wrote it down, and she did the work. And maybe, like you said, maybe she's not just saying this; that she's living in her truth. Like, look, this is what I need to do for myself, so I could be a better, 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 quote unquote, be Simone. Get myself. And, 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 and you know, I claim, you know, like I said, I don't know much about her. I'm gonna probably just start following her to learn more a bunch about her. Um, maybe this is how her way of learning about herself. Like, you know what? I'll be criticizing people and I'll be going in on people in situations so much. Maybe it's time for me to start looking at myself. Like she said, 2021, it's all about the love and, and this and that. So I thought it was interesting when you sent me the clip and I had seen it before earlier this week and I kind of didn't know because I didn't have context behind who she was. And I think that's, that's interesting that she uh, came to that reservation, re res reservation and re revelation. One of the um, one of the things that um, that I love about that list approach, right? I had I had at one point like made a list, and I attracted someone who was everything on that list. But the things that I really needed that weren't on the list, he was not. Mm. And what, you know, one of the things when I talk to my mom about my about the list, my mom always says, make sure you put everything on it. But the, 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 the bottom line is you really don't need a list. You want to attract you want to attract the best person for your life. And that you can be the best for that person. And if that means and if you're going to feel more comfortable in that relationship, by being in shape, by being financially stable, by taking care of your business, then do those things. But the list, that list is for you. That list is about you. It's not about, about the mate. 
you struggling over there, Quentin. I yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I um <laughs> my eyes, I told you I have a, a light, a light sensitivity um yeah. with yeah. my eyes. And I actually have uh both lights on. Yeah. So I, I like it. You know, I should be doing this in the dark sometimes. <laughs> so my so the, the light sensitivity makes me squint a lot with my eyes and you know. But so that's why I'm struggling. But anyway. I, I thought it was, like I said, the list is interesting because, like you said, you wrote a list and then the, your list came into fruition. And everything that you didn't put on the list that you that you knew you needed, he wasn't. I didn't even know I needed, needed it. I discovered it after what I really needed. What I really needed was not, you know, those 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 things that you can check off like that. What I really needed is the things that you need to take time to evaluate, like integrity, ethics, um, honest communication, um, respect, and not respect just when it's convenient. Sometimes people are respectful when it's convenient, but like respect all the time. Like those key things about character were not necessarily on there at the time that I wrote it. And I discovered that after, like, he's all of these things, but I'm still not happy. What's missing? Mm. Pay attention. But um, we're going <laughs> to, I, 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 see, I see our chat is there and they're still hanging in there and we appreciate them. But this is, like I said, this is part one. So next week we're going to continue with part two, chapters six through 10 of Julia's book, and I like to always put up Jules book. This is edition, this is edition one. I use this, I call this my, my. Um, I write in this book. I do all types of highlighting. The other book is I consider a collector's item. Um, <laughs> because because okay. Julia, Julia's book is groundbreaking and it's, it's really, really interesting. Julia, how could they purchase your book? The book is currently available on Amazon. Um, it is Crown Rules 2, King, How Black Men Love. You can purchase that. Um, the first book that I actually wrote was Crown Rules for Women. Um, that will be released um, on February 28th. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting into that as well. But um, this is a really good book. And I'm not just saying it because I wrote it. It's very helpful. Um, someone said that it's, you know, it can be therapeutic and help you to make some new decisions about your your relationship choices and, and what you want for yourself. So if you don't have a copy, please do get it. Yeah. Dre, what's going on, Dre? The um I like I told you guys, I, I have both copies, both editions of Joy's book, as well as um we've been doing a show. This is our fifteenth show that we've been doing where we cover um, each question of the book and all 10 men that ask the question. And uh, I love this book. I think it's a very, it's a, it's, it's a book that, that a lot of younger, and, and I say younger, and I, when I mean younger, I never mean age. I always mean maturity. Mm. I never, when I say younger, I never mean age. I mean maturity. It's very important that I say that because mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of the younger by age people are a lot more mature than the people that are elders. Um, so I think that a lot of the younger, mature wise, should read this book, go over this book. If you have sons, if you have brothers that you're close with, um, go over this book and, and, and discuss the book because at the end of the day, iron sharpens iron. If you want somebody to be strong, and we all remember, um, I appreciate that, Dre. Julia, keep doing good things. That's a that's a friend Thank of mine. You. That's that's a real good friend of mine, Julia. He okay. uh, he has he has a podcast as well, doing great things. He actually is we, we grew up together, and he actually lives in Virginia, Julia. He does. Yeah, he, he lives in, he lives in he lives in Virginia. Okay. He listen, just put it this way: he loves the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 Julia, I mean, really, like when you. When I mean discussing one of the things with men, he lives in Hampton. 
one one of the things with men and the reason why I always want to suggest this book is because I'm an avid reader, right? And I always talk about reading and how reading helped me a lot with where I'm at today and it's going to continue helping me. But I remember my first book that I ever got from someone. Which one was that? It was a book about this monster. I was about 12 years old and, and the guy was like, look, man, you know, you know, you, I see you all the time. He didn't know I read it. And he gave me the book. It was like, here. And actually me and him are good friends to this day. But he gave me the book. It was like, read the book and I'm going to see. I'm going to know if you read it. Two weeks later, I came back and told him all about the book. Right. And he was shocked. He was shocked because he didn't think that I would read the book and really understand it. And I could tell him about the book to this day. So it stayed right. with me. So I said that to say that this book in 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 we need to have those difficult conversations with each other as men, as brothers, as uncles and nephews, to be able to say, read this and read that. Because it is a stigma, stigma and a stereotype that men don't have conversations. We do. It's in the barber. It's in the barbershop. It's private. It's amongst each other when we talk about sports and I'm stuff still- like that. But oh yeah, this is it's very private. But you can trigger somebody in a good way. Most of the time, in a good way, by attracting them to the honey. Mm. You know what I mean? You using nice words like "Yo, I got something for you, yo," and. Mm. You could tell somebody you got something for them and they could not be thinking what it is and it could just be a book. Yeah. Yep. You know, you know, even the ones that you don't think that read a lot, you know, so yeah, I, 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 I appreciate your book, Julian. It has definitely helped me, helped me out. And um, Thank we, you. Look for, we look forward to you guys in the chat joining us next week at nine o'clock as we close on this chapter of Crown Rules 2. King, how black men love, but the Crown Rule series and what we're trying to do will continue probably every Thursday, and we'll we're definitely going to do some discussion behind the scenes on what we're going to do and how we're going to attack um, the good and the bad and the collect uh, complexities <laughs> of relationships. Yeah, Julia, do you have any last words or final comments? I wrote down some things that I wanted our um. I wanted our um, our people in the chat to consider. Um, My friend Drake got a question for you. Sure. Yes, I'm in VA. I'm by NSU. <laughs> <laughs> so here's some some questions that um that I want our people in the chat to think about. In the video, B. Simone said that, you know, you have to attract, you know, what what you want, become the person that, you know, that can attract who you want. And she talked about being a good woman. So I want everybody to kind of think about, like, what's the definition of a good woman? What is that? And then, if you are trying to, if you're, if you're trying to become a good woman or you're trying to attract a good woman, like what are you doing to, to get yourself in that position? And then are you going to be ready? Okay. My daughter is going to Norfolk state university in August. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Congratulations to her. Make sure she gets in tight with um with the administration there, cause <laughs> well you get in tight with the administration there, but like oh, he, he, he's going to <laughs> he's, he's going to um like when you get that person when you attract that person and I think the thing that that's the thing that she might she maybe not had she didn't have time to like discuss like okay you attract the person how are you going to maintain that. Because that's where the work lies, right? You, you, the the work that you're doing to get there, that's for yourself. But once you get that person, what are you going to do to maintain that? Because as our men are talking about, it's like them being able to be proud of somebody. So what do you, you know, or um, being able to communicate effectively with someone, right? Like that wasn't one of the things that she she mentioned. But like, how are you going to be able to cherish it and maintain it when it comes? 
Yes, the book is very good. I enjoyed reading. Also, watching the show is exceptional. Thank you so much, Kane. Exactly. Hey, Nicole. So just, you know, just think about those things if you're looking. And even if you're in relationship, like, if you have a good woman or you have a good man, acknowledge that. Recognize them for that, you know. And if you're providing, if you're providing financially but not emotionally, check that. Everybody needs love. So show it. That's all I had to say, Quentin. <laughs> I'm just rambling. <laughs> yeah, Dre, Dre, I'm gonna inbox you. I need I need some uh I need something from you, Dre. I know you'll be willing to assist me with. Uh, I'll inbox you. Uh if I don't inbox you tonight, I'll inbox you tomorrow. But um listen, we conclude we can, we we can we conclude our show with with um 28 years, married 24. God bless you. I'm sure you have, you can answer that question. What do you want women to know about how men love? Mm. One of one of the things we want to conclude the show with, um, you know, just knowing this is these shows are a, a good experience. And hopefully if one person could benefit from watching the show, then that means the show accomplished and did its job is to be able at least to have that conversation with your mate or your sons and your daughters about the complexity, good and bad of relationships. And knowing that you're dealing, I always call it um, two imperfect people trying to live a perfect life together. That's exactly what it is. Which is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with, 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 that, with that, Dre, you're right, communication is key. Yes, it with, is. With that, we go conclude our show and uh, see you guys next week, red nine o'clock, same same time, same uh, spot, and everything. And uh, appreciate everybody in the chat for joining us. You know, remember to hit the like, subscribe, and share button, and allow the algorithm to pop because that's what it's all about—the algorithm to pop and to suggest the shows so we all could grow. With that, yes. take care and stay safe. Enjoy the snow if you love the snow. If not, know that uh, this too shall pass. Yes. Good night. <laughs>